This has been um, an unusual week in Alabama. Perhaps the most um, devastating, shocking, alarming week that, uh, as a state, that we've experienced. And I know we've all just, uh, our hearts have been broken and we just share in all the tragedy and, and, uh, and uh, the grief that the people in North Alabama, and I'll concentrate on that, there are other people I know that have gone through. Over 235 or 40 that were killed, just home after home, wiped out. You know, I've just been like you. I have just uh, wanted to, I wanted to enter in. So every time the news was on, I don't spend a lot of time watching TV, but I just, I wanted to see it with my own eyes. I, I didn't want to act like it was uh, way out there. And there's one thing, uh, there were many things that I've saw and, and moved and stirred me and, and troubled me and broke my heart, but there was one. And this picture will be forever etched in my mind. Because it said uh, what a million words couldn't say. In all the pictures that were shown, they showed this one lady. It was only for about 10 seconds. She seemed to be about maybe 63 or 64. Black lady. I guess she was standing where her home used to be. And the look in her eyes and on her face was one of just absolute despair. And then she said these words, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. And then the camera moved on. There are a lot of people that are facing that. And in the days to come, the shock is going to be turning. Well, I don't know what to do. And see, that's where we come in. We've got to be there to encourage them and to help them and to pray for them. And so the plan that we've got in place that we want to put in place is this. We're going to make contact with at least two or three churches in, in Tuscaloosa that we know, local churches that we can work through who can work with their people and stay in touch with them and follow up on them when three or four months from now. And then we're going to work with a church in Pleasant Grove right outside of Birmingham. Uh, then we're going to work with a church in Cullman, Alabama. And then we're going to work with a church in Rainsville. Now, there are other places, but all of these had extreme devastation. And what we're going to do is make contact with one or two churches in each place, ask them what they're doing and how we can help them uh, get done what they need to do. And so what we're going to do for the next four Sundays, or at least the month, we're just going to receive an offering. Anytime we gather, you know, you can take that envelope and put a tornado relief or whatever, but for the next month, we're going to receive an offering, and it'll be going to these churches in Tuscaloosa and Pleasant Grove and in Cullman and in Rainsville to just help them reach the people that are there so they can not only reach them, but they'll be there for them in the days and weeks to come. If you would like to go to any of these places and work as a volunteer, we have at least one individual I know that's going this week, uh, had another individual that went earlier. But if you'd like to go and volunteer and do that, we can hook you up with the right people and you'll be involved and you can make a difference right there in person. So all you've got to do is call our church office 
I would encourage you to do so in the morning and say, I'd like to go. I'd like to be a volunteer. I'd like to go up there and do whatever we can. And we'll hook you up with churches there. But just realize now, this is not going to go away. And now for the next months, we, we've got to, we can't forget these people. We can't do that. And so as you come, you pray about what the Lord would have you to give. And we'll see that it gets to the right place. And if you would like to go and volunteer, we will work with you in hooking up with the right people. And uh, so you let us know. And we, uh, we'll be glad, more than glad to do that. <clears throat> you know, um, Monday and Tuesday of this week, I was thinking about, um, it just seemed the Lord was talking to me about um, how to respond to bad news. It blew me away. And I remember in our staff meeting Tuesday morning, I sat around, we sat around the table and I said, you know, how do you respond to bad news? When bad news comes into your life, how do you respond to it? A lot of times there's panic. A lot of times there's just an emotional drain that goes over you. Sometimes there is confusion, but there's always fear. And so we sat there Tuesday morning and talked about how to deal with bad news. Little did I know that Wednesday, probably Alabama would receive the baddest news that they'd ever heard. But God was already putting in my heart this message. Bad news, victory or defeat. When you deal with bad news personally, are you going to have victory? Are you going to have defeat? You know, there's a vivid image in the Bible. It's the image of a roaring lion. Now, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah, which means his power, his authority. Judah was a tribe of praise. But on the other hand, the arch enemy of Jesus and the kingdom of God, the devil is called a roaring lion. Why? Because he loves to put fear in people's hearts. I'm absolutely convinced that the enemy, his greatest, one of his greatest devices, and by the way, Paul in the, in the epistle said, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Many of us are, and that is the tragedy. But you've heard me say over and over again that of all his weapons and devices, the one he uses the most is fear. That's why the Bible described him as a roaring lion. First Peter says, be sober. You know what that means? Be alert. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't walk around without understanding. Be sober. Be vigilant. That means on guard. Your adversary. You know what an adversary is? It's someone who's opposed to you. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may harass or intimidate or devour. And says, whom resist, not ignore, not allow him to have his way in your life. Whom resist, steadfast in the faith, consistently, knowing that your same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the Word of God about how to respond to bad news, how to have victory instead of defeat when it comes from, from bad news. Now, let me say this about bad news. Sometimes it comes suddenly, out of nowhere, unexpectedly, bad news will come. It can be sudden. 
But it also can be that you're at a place in your life where there are individuals in your life and things going on in your life that, that, that it's not sudden bad news, but it's continuous bad news. Well, what's going to happen next? What's the next thing? When's the next shoe going to fall? But you know, the Bible says, if you've got your Bible, open it up with me to Psalm 112. The Bible tells us how to respond to bad news. How to have victory instead of defeat. How not to allow bad news to paralyze us, but how that we can absolutely, while it is bad news and it's serious, we can respond in a way that gives us glory and praise to God. All right, Psalm 112 verse 1 says, look what it says. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and who delights and who delights greatly in his commandments. Now, here's the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. Now drop down to uh, verse 6. Listen to what it says. Surely he will never be shaken. In other words, he's not going to collapse under bad news. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Now look at verse 7. He will not be afraid of bad news. You know, I read that one day, and I said, Lord, so oftentimes we live in the dread of the, of the phone call or the information or what happens. And, and, and you know, it's almost like, well, man, when, we just kind of a dread of bad news. But listen to what it says here. It says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. He will not be afraid of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting the Lord. His heart is is established he will not be afraid man how many times in our lives has there been situations that we were kind of hoping the phone call wouldn't come or the situation we knew about wouldn't happen but you know what the psalmist said this righteous man who delights in God's word he, he's not going to be shaken he is not going to be afraid of bad news because his heart is fixed his heart is established. He is trusting the Lord. There's another verse that talks about how to deal with bad news. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. Nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. And he will keep your foot from being caught. Now. If I would ask everybody in this room who has ever gotten any bad news to raise their hand, I guarantee you everybody in this room would raise their hand. Bad news is no respecter of person. The righteous, the godly, the unrighteous, the ungodly. You know, I begin to think in the Bible of all the instances of bad news and how people responded to it. The first one that came to my mind was this. I want you to think about this. God had, this is the reality of bad news. God had supernaturally brought Israel out of Egypt. He had supernaturally led them across the Red Sea on dry ground and covered their enemy up with a flood. He had supernaturally provided water for them from a rock. They had seen the miraculous hand of God. And God led them through the wilderness and got them to the edge of the promised land. 
the land that God had promised to Abraham. And they were ready to go in. So they sent in the spies. And the spies searched out the land. And they came back. And here's the report. This land is just like God said. It's flowing with milk and honey. They're for, they're, they're cities. It's absolutely luscious. They said there's just no land like this. But then the bad news. But there's just one problem. Man, there are fortified cities in that land. And there's some of the descendants of Anak there. They are giants. And let me just tell you, it's an awesome land. But the truth is, we can't take it. We can't take it. In fact, they go on and say, in, in, in numbers, they say, well, let me tell you how it is. Can you, this is the worst news I've ever heard. said, it's kind of like this. We know it's a great land. We know God gave it to us, but we can't take it because I'm going to tell you something. There are giants over there, and they are like, they're giants, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. You know the tragedy? They got bad news. Thank God Caleb set up, but no, God has given this land. God has given this land. But you know, they believed the bad news. And they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. I got to thinking about all the times where bad news seemed to stop the people of God. And, and in this particular case, it was when the Philistines had gotten on one side of the mountain and the, the, uh, the Israelites on the other side of the mountain. And they were fixing to go to battle. But the Philistines had one thing that the Israelites didn't know about. His name was Goliath. Goliath was nine feet, nine inches high. Nine feet and nine inches high. The armor that he wore on his body weighed 125 pounds. And so there they were. The the Israelites knew that God was with them. They could defeat the Philistines. But Goliath come out and stood on the hill and said, is there any is there any Israelite that will challenge me? Is there any Israelite will challenge me? If you defeat me and I die, we will leave. But if I defeat him, y'all are defeated. See, the bad news was there was a Goliath. There was a giant. There was a giant. And you know what it says about Israel when they heard the bad news? This breaks my heart. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. You know, that's the way if you're not careful, you'll respond to bad news. They were dismayed and they were greatly afraid but then i got to thinking about over in the new testament how about the reality of bad news and i'm going to talk to you in a moment about how to respond to it and overcome it and not be overcome by bad news i got to thinking about this one and this is so vivid there was a ruler of the synagogue named jarius and his daughter was on her deathbed and jarius went to jesus And said, Master, would you come to my house? My daughter is dying. Jesus said, Yes. And Jesus started his journey to Jairus' house. And on the way, you remember what happened. There was the woman in the crowd with the issue of blood that for 12 years had tried everything. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus healed her and made her whole. But as they moved along, one of the servants from Jairus' house came and said, Jairus, Forget about it. Your daughter is dead. That was bad news. But you know what Jesus said? He heard it. Jesus said, hey, Jarius, don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. I am greater than any bad news you would ever hear. You know, 
I got to thinking about how oftentimes, man, we get to get bad news. I, I was talking to um, a, a fellow the other day, and he was out of town on business. Now, now, you get this. This was a father. Now, you get this. He was out of town on business, three or four hours, five hours away. Got a phone call that one of his family members had overdosed, and they couldn't wake him up. You talk about bad news. Can you imagine the panic and the fear and the helplessness that flooded his heart? I can. Oh, I can. Some of you have had that very call. And you understand, man. But you see, here's the deal. How do you respond to bad news? Do you have victory or do you have defeat? You know, I'm thinking about a person goes in for a test with the doctor. And the doctor says, now we'll run the test uh, today. And then you can come back in Monday. They go in on Thursday. And you come back in Monday and we'll give you the results. But no, the nurse calls and says, no, he don't want you to wait till Monday. You come back today. And, buddy, I'm telling you, you're talking about bad news. You're talking about fear and panic and uncertainty. Listen, man, I'm telling you, none of us in this room are immune to bad news. But did you listen to what the psalmist said? He said, I will not be afraid of bad news. My heart is fixed Trusting the Lord. My heart is established. The proverb writer says, be not afraid of sudden fear when it comes. So folks, listen. I wish I could tell you that you would never have bad news. I I wish the bad news that came out of North Alabama had never come. But it is a reality until we get to heaven. So what I want to speak to you this morning is how do you deal with bad news? How do you have victory when bad news comes into your life. I know what often happens when I've gotten bad news. And buddy, there are just some times I got some news that I thought I was going, my knees were going to buckle and I was going to collapse. You know, some oftentimes, you know, the result of bad news is there comes all of a sudden a sense of panic. There comes a sudden rush of fear. It's like your emotions just absolutely go crazy. And like all the life just drains out of your body. I'm telling you, it's, it's, an, it's an awful feeling because it's unexpected. Even if it was expected, it doesn't matter. So it just affects you physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. It does. But now, let's just go to the Word of God. And let's ask the Word of God about, about how to respond to bad news. How to have victory instead of defeat. And when you get bad news, how to overcome instead of being overcome when you get bad news. You know, how to go from fear to trust. How to go from panic to praise. How to go from chaos to confidence. And how to go from despair to hope. I I know those feelings because I've had them. When the bad news came. Now let me tell you what you do. Choose. And and these are principles from the word of God. So I want to show you how to prepare for bad news before it comes. And have your heart fixed and trusting the Lord. You've got to choose. You've got to determine. Before bad news ever comes to trust God. In other words I'm I'm making my choice. Whether it's good news or bad news. 
I am steadfastly going to keep my faith and my trust in the living God. You see, I love what the psalmist said. Now, you, you don't miss his words. He said, my heart is fixed. You know what he was saying? I've made up my mind. I've made a choice. My heart is fixed. He said, let me tell you about my heart. It's established. It's established. And so we've got to say, listen, you know, when bad news comes, God is still God. (laughs) Jesus is still alive. And Jesus is still Lord. And while circumstances may have changed, I am telling you, God has not changed. And so we have to determine up front that I choose in good news and bad news. My heart is fixed. I will trust the Lord. I love Psalm 56.3. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard me. Man, what a promise. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. So we respond to bad news by having chosen. Our heart is fixed. It's established. We're trusting God, and we're going to worship him and praise him in the midst of bad news. We've got our, it, we've, our mind and will is made up. Then you begin to pray immediately. I mean, before you hang the phone up or before you stop the conversation with the person who becomes by your house, you absolutely begin to pray immediately. I love Psalm 120, verse 1, where it talks about, uh, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. It says in, in Psalm 120, verse 1, it says, In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. But you know, when the bad news comes, you, you cry to the Lord immediately. But then in Psalm 121, I want you to listen to this. I, my eyes glanced over to this, and I thought about it. The bad news has come, but I've already, my heart's fixed. I'm trusting God. So now in my distress, I'm going to cry to the Lord, and he's going to hear me. But listen to Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He keeps you, he who keeps you will not slumber nor sleep. He who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Hey, you know what you're going to do when you get bad news? If you have not chosen, I am going to trust God if the news is good or bad. What you're going to do is you're just going to look at the circumstances. You're going to listen to the words and there's going to be panic and fear. Oh, there's still going to be stress. But I'm telling you, you just say, in my distress, I'm crying out. to. Don't you waste a second. You start crying out to God. You lift up your eyes to the Lord from which comes your help. Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So you immediately begin to cry out about that situation. Let me tell you what you do when bad news comes. You've already determined now that you're going to trust God in good or bad news. And immediately you begin to cry out to God, immediately. But let me tell you what you need to start doing when the bad news. You start immediately need to confess in your prayer the promises of God. Man, just begin, you know, to pray the promises of God. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, the fear, the anxiety, the panic, it's going to overwhelm you. It'll crush you. So you, you just got to start crying out to God and looking to Him. And, and you've got to start praying the promises of God in the midst of that mad news. In Isaiah chapter 12, 
Verse 2, I love this. Listen to what he says. This is called praying the promises of God when you've gotten bad news. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Yahweh the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Man, bad news comes and you just say, but God is my salvation. I'm going to trust you, Lord, and I am not going to be afraid. You are my strength, O God, and you are my salvation. You know, I love Psalm Isaiah 41. You know, I, I, I know when times in my life, when bad news has come, I would just seem to wilt under the bad news and emotionally inside of me feel like I was going to collapse. But I'm thinking now, I'm learning. I'm telling you, no, no. You've already set your mind. I'm going to trust God. My heart's fixed. It's steadfast. It's steadfast. And so you, you begin to cry out to God immediately. You look to him, and then you begin to pray back to him and say, God, this is your promise. This is your promise when it's sunshine or when it's cloudy, when it's clear or when it's stormy, when I'm on the mountaintop or in the valley. This is your word. This is your word. And, man, you go to Psalm, uh, to Isaiah 41, verse 10, and you just pray this to the Lord when you get bad news. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. And I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Well, all I got to say is hallelujah. Bad news. It doesn't matter. God says, listen. Listen to me. Fear not. I'm with you. He said, I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll hold you with my righteous right hand. And friend, that's the difference between a person who's saved and a person is lost. Bad news is no respecter of persons, but hallelujah, bad news never changes our relationship with the living God, the presence of our Savior Jesus, and by them we are greater and can overcome any news as far as God is concerned. I love verse 13 of Isaiah. Just pray this to the Lord when you get bad news. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. <laughs> Have you ever noticed when you're growing up, you weren't afraid of anything as long as you was holding your mama's right hand? <laughs> or your daddy's right hand? But boy, boy, if you didn't have their hand, you'd be, afraid, afraid. You'd, be so, you'd be afraid of everything. But you know, it's something about you had your mama by the hand or your daddy by the hand. And you know, it says, <laughs> For the Lord God will hold you by his right hand, saying, Fear not, I will help you. I want to ask you something. In the past, how have you responded to bad news? How have you responded? When the giant came in your life, how have you responded to that giant? I am telling you, the Bible says, just go ahead and get your heart fixed. I'm going to trust God. And then you begin to pray. You begin to cry out to God in your distress. And as you pray, you begin to pray the promises of God. Just pray his promises and thank God that his promises cannot fail. You know what 2 Timothy 1.7 says? You know it. But it's a great thing to pray back to God when you've got bad news. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, The Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And a sound mind. 
Does that only work when everything's going well? Does that only work when you've got good news? No. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So we respond to the panic and the fear by just simply saying, God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, so how do you respond to bad news? Well, you've already settled it. I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to pray. And not only am I going to pray, I'm just going to pray the promises of God. I'm going to confess as true, and it is what God has promised me, regardless of my circumstance. But let me tell you something else. As you're praying, you need to be listening to God. Because how does God want you to respond to this bad news? Now see, now to be honest, if we're not careful, we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll react in such a way with panic or fear, and we'll respond wrongly. You know, it's because of our concern and our care, you know, if you're not careful, you, you'll act wrongly and you'll run ahead of God. So when you're praying and you're claiming God's promises, then you've got to be listening and you need to respond the way that God wants you to respond. Let me give you a verse. Now, don't, see, you don't, you don't overreact. You don't rush into major things. You, you, you know, and now if somebody's hurt and you need to get there, that's another story. But I'm just saying, it's not a situation where you've got to be there right now and do something. Let me tell you what you do. As you're praying when the bad news comes, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. And He will bring it to pass. See, you, it means, I'm, I'm concerned, but God, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to rush headlong. Into this situation. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be sure that I have heard from you. And I'm doing what you want me to do. A part of praying. Is not only believing. A part of praying is listening. So, so you rest on the Lord. Wait on him. That means expectantly. till he shows you what to do. Then in Psalm 37. Verse 23 it says. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. Now Lord you know what I've just heard. You know what I'm feeling. Now, God, I, I don't know how to respond to this. Would you direct my steps? And just ask God to direct your steps. I never will forget. I got some bad news. It was real bad news. And, son, I, got, I reacted in my emotions. I mean, I did. I mean, I just, I reacted in my emotions, and I said things and did things that I should never have said and done. And to this day, I look back on it, and I say, and, and thank God he forgave me, but I look back on it and say, Lord, if I had just waited, and if I had just listened, and if I had just said, now, Lord, I don't know how to respond to this, but you direct my steps, I guarantee you it would have been a totally different situation. But see, the problem with us is this. There's panic, and there's fear. And so we want to fix it right then. Hey, by the way, you know what? Some, sometimes people will call and they'll be all upset and, and it took them 25 years to get in the mess and they expect me to get them out of it in 30 minutes. Well, you've got to do it right now. I ain't doing it right now. You've got there 25 years. It's going to take more than 30 minutes to get you out. It'll wait till in the morning. Oh, yeah, I promise you. I've seen it a thousand times. You don't understand. It's falling apart. I, yeah, it's been falling apart for 10 years. So we're going to be like Humpty Dumpty and put it all back together again. I want to tell you something. A part of bad news is you need to learn to listen to God. 
And you need to learn to rest in him. And you need to ask him to direct your steps as you respond to bad news. I know this works, y'all. If you make your heart steadfast that you're going to trust God in the midst of bad news, you're going to trust him. And then you begin to cry out to God immediately. And you begin to pray back to him his very promises that he would be holding your hand in situations like this. And you start listening to God as to what God wants you to do and how he wants you to respond. I promise you God will lead you and God will direct you. Then there's one other thing that you need to do and that is this. Remember that phone call or that event or that circumstance in no way altered. Now, if you're a child of God, are you listening to me? That that certain, no way altered the presence of Jesus in your life. Did you know the good news is? When we're on, when we're on the mountaintop, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor what? And when we're in the valley, he says, I will never leave you nor? When it's good news, man, you just got a raise. Hallelujah. It's good news. Your daughter's doing wonderful. Hallelujah. Good news. So-and-so got saved. Hallelujah. Hey, if it's bad news, that does not change the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Hallelujah. You're never out of the presence of Jesus. Man, you respond to bad news by just praising God for his presence. And he is there. I want to close with the greatest example of responding to bad news I've ever heard or ever seen. And you know where it's found? It's found right in the word of God. And I want you to open your Bible to the book of Job. And I want you to find the first chapter. And I want to show you, man, I, I, I'd read this before casually. But I'm going to tell you, when I saw this and I got to one part of it, I just, it just absolutely blew me away. I said, dear God, how had I missed this? How had I missed this? Now, I'm going to tell you something. You talk about the classic example, the worst of the worst of bad news is found in Job chapter 1, verse 14. It says, A messenger came to Job and said to him, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys were feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I'm alone to tell you. He said they've st stolen all, every one, of your oxen and your donkeys. They've stolen them all. Well, that was bad news. Verse 16. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven. I mean, lightning struck him. The fire of God fell from heaven, burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. All you donkeys and oxen are gone, and lightning struck and killed all the sheep and all the servants that were taken care of. That's too, 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 too bad news. Listen at number three. While he was still speaking... Another came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Joe, you have lost every material thing you had. Sounds like 
that you stand on a pile of rubble where your house used to be. But it's not there anymore. You've lost everything you had. But that wasn't the end. It gets, listen, you're talking about bad news. How do you deal with this? While he was still speaking, verse 18, another came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the older brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness. Sounded like a tornado to me. And suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of your house and it fell on the young people and they are dead. Job, all your children and grandchildren, they all just died. And I alone, am, I alone escaped to tell you. I never seen anybody get any more bad news in rapid succession as that. But listen, look at his response. It is absolutely going to blow your mind. What did he do? No, he didn't panic. Then Job arose and tore his robe, which was a picture of repentance. God, I don't understand this disaster, but I know one thing. He tore his robe. Second thing he did was shaved his head, which was also a picture of brokenness or repentance. He tore his robe and shaved his head. But don't miss this. Listen, he had just lost everything. I mean everything. I mean everything. Job rose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb. And no, no, I, I missed the most important part. Verse 20. Then he tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped. He worshipped. But Job, you just lost your camels and your donkeys. You just lost all your sheep. You just lost everything. And Job, your family was just killed. What are you doing? He said, I'm worshiping God. I'm just worshiping God. Folks, he worshiped God in the midst of the bad news. It says, and he fell down to the ground and worshiped God. And then listen to what he said. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Woo, my Lord. He worshiped God. Said, everything I had came from God, so it's gone. He said, hey, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then it says here, In this Job did not sin, nor charge God with any wrong. You know, I, I deal with people on a weekly basis that I love, but it's almost like I'm constantly getting from them bad news. And I was letting it affect me. It was just affecting me. And I, I said, wait a minute. It's not the bad news. It's the way I respond to bad news, whether I trust God and I pray and I pray his promises and I listen to what he's saying and claim his presence. That, that's what the bottom line is. The bottom line is not the bad news. The bottom line is the way we respond. And I'm going to tell you about Job. 
He, he said, Lord, I don't know what I've done, but whatever it was. And he, as far as I know, he hadn't done a thing. But he just, before God with a broken heart, and he just worshiped God. He said, Lord, it all came from you, so it's gone. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You will get bad news. I'm not being negative. But you can't say, well, I don't know how to respond. God's word says, the psalmist said, my heart is fixed. I will not be afraid of bad news because I'm trusting in the Lord.